We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Dolcher here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Through the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I'm blacked out. Randolph children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Terrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68 After Dark. It's the Field of 68 After Dark. What a week that it was. Gentlemen, I hope you're in the holiday spirit as we get closer to the end of this wonderful year. I've got Jarrell McNeil with me. I've got Randolph Childress with me. My name is Greg Waddell, and we've got games to talk about tonight. Boys, let's get right into it. We're going to start out west where LeBron James Jr., Bronny, made his debut for the Trojans. Uh, Look, gentlemen, say what you want about the result of this game, and we will talk about that as USC goes down to Long Beach State. I think where we need to start is how exciting it was to see this kid make his debut in a college basketball game, given all he's been through in the last few months. RC, how good was it just to see him healthy and doing what he does best? Can you imagine the anxiety that he and his family and everybody felt? Like, I was nervous watching him. Like, I I sat there and watched him come out, and I'm nervous when he entered the game. I'm nervous watching him when he was showing him warming up. So you couldn't be nothing but proud of what, you know, what he's come through. That journey's got to be scary as hell for him and for his family. And to see his family there supporting him on his opening night is was a special moment. That's just something I think everyone will, will celebrate. Jarrell, what are the first game jitters like? Like, what, what was he feeling tonight? Yeah, I'm sure it was amped up uh, times a thousand a night, man. Just like uh, RC said, just coming off a serious situation like that, uh, you know, after the collapse and everything at practice, to be able to make such a quick turnaround and get back on the court, man, you got to know those nerves are jumping, man. And just I think one of the scariest things about stuff like that is just that uh, it's kind of out of your control. You don't know anything like that is going to happen. Uh, I'm sure you got thoughts and fears of maybe it possibly happening again, man. But uh, a big shout out and salute to Bronny, man. He had a really good debut, man, and they had a lot of energy in that building. It was just fun to see him out there. Yeah, obviously I share the same sentiments as you guys, not to be cold-hearted about any of it, but to talk on the court for him, which is not the biggest thing for him tonight. 
he gave us a little bit of everything. He gave us why he's yeah. such a tantalizing prospect. You got four points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, and of course the chase down block, as we've seen from another James plenty of times before in his career. But uh, guys, USC lost this game. I, I mean, let's not ignore the elephant in the room. Long Beach State takes him down. Uh, this is the second marquee win that Long Beach State has had this year. They went on the road and beat Michigan not too long ago. Jarrell, was was this a case of USC just laying an egg, or, or did Long Beach State go take this one? You know, it was um, it was an interesting game, and I won't say that USC completely laid an egg. Um, it was obviously a, a, an emotional night, and, uh, and one of the cool things just about the return of Bronny too that we we kind of just didn't touch on is just like, man, you see the you see the effect that it had on his teammates. Uh, and, and, and even the fans, obviously, but man, they were so excited to have him back and get him back on the court. It was a lot of energy in the building and, uh, you know, uh, they kind of had it rolling there for a minute. I think they were up like 10 when he, when he made his first shot or that might've put him up 10, something like that. Uh, but, but, you know, the hard part about games like that is just, it was just hard to sustain that energy for them. And, uh, and I was just sitting there watching it, you know, cause, uh, Long Beach State is just, you know, they're scrappy, man. They're tough. Uh, they, they played, uh. A, a crazy schedule so far, and they've already went on the war, uh, road and knocked down, you know, some high major program in uh, in Michigan. So uh, they just kept hanging around and hanging around, and uh, it wasn't the best shooting night for Boogie Ellis and Collier. Uh, you know, they struggled a little bit, and then you know they kind of just got them at the end. You know, it's a nip and tuck game, and they were able to make more plays. And Marcus Tashonis was uh, was great again down the stretch. Another great game from him, uh, knocking off one of the one of the heavyweights. Hooper to show us. I love yeah. his game. Man, I love it. Did he he gave it to him how they want it? I mean, just give me the ball, put him on their back, made plays. You got, you got to give him a credit. As much as you want to talk about the game, he won the game. They didn't lose it. He won it. He made the plays when they had to. He took the matchups, took the assignment. Didn't matter who USC put on him. Um, I think USC just probably glad to get this one over with too. Get Bronny out there. What is dad there so the fans and everybody can get used to his dad being there? Because you can see the guys looking over at LeBron as the game was going on, too. <laughs> just just kind of just glancing over, looking at him, as, you know, just as much as, as Bronny was. So I think everybody wants to get this behind him and then turn the page. And obviously, if you're USC, you wanted to do that with a dub. But Long Beach State has something to say about that. They, they Credit to them guys. They want it. Tough man, That's how too. I felt Bronny had some I, uh, clutch free throws down the uh, stretch, too, man. I know that had to be nerve wracking. <laughs> oh yeah, he he was in there for the big moments already, right there, throwing yeah. the fire. And uh, yeah, yeah it, you, you talk about how how difficult this might have been on the other USC guys too, not just Bronny. RC, that's how I felt the first time I ever did a show with you, just so you know, my friend. I'm looking at – that's Randolph <laughs> Children right there. That's who I'm on a Zoom call with right now. Uh, so just a quick pulse check from you guys. I want to go around the horn to the other results from tonight, and uh, we have a lot to get to this show. We are going to talk about Colorado, Miami. We're going to talk about Memphis, Texas a and I've got a bunch of Big Ten stuff I want to get at you guys, and then we'll preview this week a little bit. But to put a bow on USC for the night, they're 5-4 and four now. I mean, coming off back-to-back -back losses – their next game is at Auburn, which is suddenly looking like a game you'd really like to go get. Uh, RC, are you are you selling the Trojans at this point, or do you still believe that this team has a high ceiling at some point later this season? Uh, their guard play is too good to count them out. 
So as Bronny gets incremented in things and he gets more comfortable, we saw tonight what he brings day one. He's, he, he knows how to play, he plays the right way. Uh, he's going to guard and he's going to knock down shots. So getting another ball handler there, another decision maker, another shot maker is only going to help this team. So I, I'm not ready to count them out. He's too big of a piece of that puzzle or that backcourt to count them out. Unfortunately, they got to wait until he gets games up under him, gets his rhythm, and that may take him some time. Same with you, Drell. Yeah, I think the same exactly. They just, they just got so much talent on the guard side of things, and uh, obviously a big part of that is just going to be, like he said, Bronny is going to – I think he's going to make life easier for Boogie Ellis and uh, Collier just because uh, he's, he's such a high IQ kid and player. He's not a guy that needs the ball to make plays right. in his hand. He doesn't have to pound the air out of. He's a ball mover. Uh, you've seen it a couple times, just a quick swing, swing, the pass, pass stuff. Uh, when you're getting that ball on the, uh, on the opposite side, on the reverse and everything, man, that stuff is going to open those guys up and make the game easier for them. But uh, I do got some concerns about him just, to, just on the defensive end. And like he said, Bronny will help with that too, getting him and uh, Kobe Johnson just being able to be their kind of lead perimeter defenders. Uh, but, you know, they got they kind of got to buy in, man. It, it was a tough night giving up 84 at home. And uh, to show this put on another show, like we talked about earlier, man. So you got to continue to find guys that are going to step up and take that challenge and get stops when you need them. They'll be able to produce enough offense and score enough points. Yeah, they feel like a team that could be far from their ceiling to me. But you don't want to get to the end of December and still feel like you're really far from that ceiling. It's kind of getting to pressure time already now that they're stacking up the losses. Uh, another result I want to talk about tonight, Colorado just blitzed Miami. 90-63 to was the final here. This is a Buffalo's team that had a lot of preseason hype. Some people picked them to, to be near the top of the Pac-12. I don't know that many people thought they'd be better than Arizona, but they were in the conversation Kind of off to a slow-ish start. They lost that game to Florida State, but, man, they've looked good in their past few. Tonight, Tristan De Silva was just an all-around superstar. He finishes with 22 points, 9 assists, and 10 rebounds on the night. Uh, Miami, though, has some concerns here. I don't think this result was just Colorado looked great. I think there's some serious issues to talk about with Miami. So, uh, Jarrell, throwing it to you, was this game more about Colorado being great or Miami having issues? Uh, I think I think it's a little bit of both. I wouldn't say great on the Colorado side, but I do think they are a really underrated and a really good team, man. And those guys play – they play the right way. They move the ball. They got great ball movement. And they got a lot of guys that are willing cutters off of the ball when they don't have the ball in their hands. And they kind of feed and play off of that. They got guys that can make shots from the perimeter as well. And like you said, Tristan De Silva had a great game tonight, uh, assist shy of a triple-double. And uh, him, him and KJ Simpson were on, and they've been playing great all year. But uh, I'm I'm really concerned uh, right now, more so about Miami. I think I think that's the bigger story. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I think just watching that game, Colorado kind of they kind of they kind of took Miami to Pound Town tonight, man, and they just beat them up on the glass. Uh, I think they had some like 12 offensive rebounds for the game. Uh, Miami turned the ball over 20 times, only had 11 assists. Uh, and, and they're really thin in the front line, not to mention even with their starters with uh, with uh, Norchad, uh, that they're, they're, he's not the biggest guy in the world, man. And, and they, they're going to have to do a good job collectively with their wings and their guards uh, being able to box out and, uh, and secure defensive rebounds. And, uh, and, and offensively, I think they're uh, – 
they're really feeling or missing missing the offense and the playmaking uh, of Isaiah Wong a little bit right now. We know Nigel Pack can do his thing and uh, and can really stretch the floor with his shot, but man, it's hard not being able to have uh, primary playmakers. Uh, and multiple guys who can do it, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I'm a little bit worried about Miami right now. It's still early. Uh, and and they, they don't have a ton of great wins, but for the most part, they've been handling business. They've been winning the games they're supposed to win, so they'll get a crack and, and the chance to bounce back once uh, ACC rolls around and get some more good wins under their belt. The scary part with Miami for me is that they just let good teams do whatever they want at the rim. Tonight, Colorado is 30 for 43 from two-point range. I mean, you are not going to win a game if that happens. RC, is that a fixable thing for the Hurricanes? Like, what do they do? That's my biggest concern with Miami right now. It's not offense. Uh, and I have some concerns about them a little bit offensively, but defensively, um, they don't have rim protection. Now, they didn't have rim protection a year ago, but they were more aggressive in ball screens, even a rebound. The, you know, the re, losing the rebounding game doesn't concern me as much. They did that a lot last year, but they forced a lot of turnovers. Their mantra was, we're going to turn you over. They blitz ball screens. They did that a couple of times tonight. They got to try to get back in the game. They were really aggressive on ball screens in the pass lane, played in transition a lot more. Their, uh, their, their inability to do that, their lack of bench, I think production is hurting them. And everyone's saying Isaiah Wong. I think Jordan Miller was a hell of a two-way player that I actually was – voting for last year player of the year i thought miami just decided to go with isaiah wong on the ballot but i thought jordan miller was player of the year caliber last year in the acc so they're missing both of those guys who both showed up at clutch moments and created and i don't see them making that i don't know where that comes from this year i mean it puts a ton of pressure on the other guys i don't i don't see the production from the bench right now they never have room production but they got to get better in creating turnovers so it's, it can be a disappointing start to the year for these guys yeah, I think the the scary thing for me with Miami is that even if they don't fix their defensive issues, I think they're going to win a lot of games in ACC play. Now, there are – like Clemson looks great. Virginia looks better than they did last year. Like there's a lot of teams that are better this year in the ACC. But I still think the talent on the offensive side of the ball will get Miami where they need to go. Uh, I just kind of want to see some progress on the defensive side before we get to March. And who knows? Last year they flipped the switch and were better when we got to the postseason play there. They just need to do that again. The final result I want to talk about in this first segment tonight, guys, Memphis gets the upset against Texas A&M tonight. Uh, Penny Hardaway, man, kind of quietly racking up some some resume wins here. I mean, they went two and one in the battle for Atlantis. Now they get a true road win against the Texas A&M team that won 15 games in the SEC last year. RC, is this Memphis team different to you than the last couple with Penny? It kind of feels that way. You know what? They got multiple guys that can score. Well, we thought last year they relied on Davis so much. We know they're going to defend. You play for Penny, you're going to defend. Davis was kind of the guy they went as he went offensively a year, year ago. Now they just got multiple guys with Jones and Quinterly. They, they got so many different guys that can attack you off the bounce. Uh, Pat, you know, with Caleb Mills coming off the bench, giving them production, and he can score it. And when they're knocking down threes, man, they're going to be tough to beat. Like if they're knocking down shots from the perimeter, they shot it well from three tonight. If they're doing that, then, then look out. This team can beat just about anybody because they're going to compete defensively. They're going to get after you. Uh, they got multiple handlers, different ways to attack you. But if they can consistently find perimeter shooting, then Memphis is is legit. 
And this was a healthy Texas A&M too. Let's not lose track yeah. of that. I know they've, yeah. they've missed uh, Henry Coleman and Tyrese Radford for games tonight. All three of their stars, Wade Taylor, Coleman, and Radford active. All three of them held to single-digit scoring. I don't know how many times that's going to happen this year, Jarrell. No, I don't think it is going to happen a whole lot, but uh, you obviously got to tip your cap to Memphis because uh, they, they, they made it tough on those guys tonight. And uh, specifically Taylor, he really struggled. I think he finished three for 14 and was like 0 for 9 from the three or something like that. And uh, and, and uh, Davis and uh, – I mean, I'm sorry, David Jones and, uh, and Quinterly really got it going offensively for those guys, man. And I think RC hit it on the head. If Memphis is going to make, you know – 12 to 15 threes a game and shoot a decent percentage while doing it, man. They, they, they're, they're a scary team. They're a scary team. And tonight they had the outside shots rolling and flowing a little bit and uh, everything was feeling good. And they, to be honest with you, this game was, it wasn't as close as it seemed either. They had complete control for the most part throughout the course of this game. They were up close to 10 points almost the entire second half. So uh, I think it's definitely an impressive win for Memphis and uh, something to build off of it being a true road game too. All right, Greg, I will, gonna... I will add this, add this to it. My concern is with them, with Memphis going forward, would be losing Jordan Brown now. Now you only got Dangerous inside. So that, as mm -hmm. they go this season with this schedule that they have, I do worry about Memphis doing that long term. That's a big loss. Yeah, and Penny had kind of the ominous quote about Jordan Brown after the game, too. He, he wouldn't really commit to saying uh, if he's available, if he's not. He said he's, quote, still sick as far as I know. Uh, not a great <laughs> thing you want to hear from a head coach about a player's status. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. And rapid fire, then we're going to go to break here, guys. Memphis and Florida Atlantic, both 7-2. and two. They're the two favorites in the American this year. Who's the better team? R.C.? I can't go against Florida Atlantic right now. Uh, I just love who they are and what they are. I've seen enough of it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally bought in on them. Jarrell? Yep, I agree 100%. Uh, I think FAU has it right now. Uh, and to, to Memphis puts together a couple more uh, a couple more complete games to change my mind about it, man. FAU, uh, I think they kind of know who they are. They know their identity. They know their guys. And so it ain't a whole lot to figure out with them. It's just about, you know, them bringing it every night and trying to get back and make another run. So I'm going FAU too. I want to come back and ask you guys this 10 days from now because Memphis has Clemson and Virginia at home. In the next 10 days. That's two teams from your conference. I got RC. the Virginia game. Uh, I got the Virginia game. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I can't wait. I'll be I'll be listening to you. The volume will be up in my household, my friend. But uh, I, I have a strange feeling we may want to revisit this in 10 days from Penny Squad. I like what I'm seeing. I, I think it's going to be a right. split. I just I trust FAU against the rest of the conference. That's all. Okay. That's a, that's a fair take, 100%. Let's go to break here. Uh, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor coming up. We're going to move to my favorite conference in college basketball. That's the Big Ten, where uh, some strange results happened tonight, to say the least. That's coming up next. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. 
$1,500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts so download the bet mgm app today we are live we're back here on the field of 68 after dark i got randolph childress with me i got jarell mcneil with me my name is greg waddell and it's time to talk the big 10 or as i have affectionately referred to them in the last five days the tiny 10. It's looking ugly for my conference right now. Okay, uh, One of the reasons that we have to call it the tiny 10, guys, is that there's a certain preseason top five team in the country that is now four and five on the year with just one win against top 250 opponents through the first month of the season. That would be the Michigan State Spartans. Tonight they were on the road in Lincoln against a Nebraska team that, quite frankly, I think is not a bad basketball team by any means. Uh, but that said, this is a game Michigan State had to have. They didn't get it. 77-70 to 70 was the final. Jarrell, uh, how concerned should Michigan State fans be at this point that these issues are not fixable? Um, I mean, I'm not sure how concerned they, they should be, but I'm definitely pressing the panic button right now. Um, Mich Michigan State, we had such high hopes for them uh, preseason and coming into the year. And uh, and I was just – I was hell-bent on just figuring, giving them time to kind of figure it out and how they were going to play and, uh, and and putting the lineups and things like that together. But at this point, man, they, uh, they just don't look like a Michigan State team to me, like a traditional Tom Izzo – Michigan State type of team to me, and it's uh, I think it's, I think it's just, it starts with physicality, uh, and and tonight they 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 kind of just they kind of just couldn't get a stop when they needed to get a stop, uh, and obviously they got some other pressing concerns offensively as well too, because everything is a little bit of a struggle there, but just defensively they had an opportunity to win that game down the stretch and they just couldn't get the big stop when they needed it, and I'm talking about I'm looking at guys from Nebraska. Uh, you know, just they, 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 no fear they're going at these guys, one-on-one -on -one situations in the post, all of that type of stuff. And that's type of stuff, that's just traditionally the type of stuff you want to stay away from with Michigan State and uh, Tom Izzo-led teams. But, uh, you know, this team just doesn't have that same feel right now. And then offensively, it's just everything is a struggle. Uh, Tyson Walker got off to a, a, a really slow start. He didn't shoot it great tonight. Uh, Hogard and Hall played really well, especially in the first half to keep them afloat and keep the game close. Uh, and, and then he kind of picked it up there at the end. But just everything, everything just seems so difficult for them. Uh, him having to create and take 10 to 12 dribbles just to get a mid-range pull-up jumper, uh, <clears throat> regardless of if he's capable of making it or not. They're just not quality shots, and it shouldn't be that hard to get these quality looks for them. And uh, right now I'm pressing the panic button. I'm not sure what they need to do, but Michigan State is running out of time quickly to figure it out. 
RC, I want to throw a, a scenario at you here, and then I'll let you go off wherever you want to go with this. But uh, I, I've heard the comparison between North Carolina last season and Michigan State this season. Here's why. Brady Manick was really the only departure from North Carolina in the national title game to missing the tournament. Michigan State, Joey Hauser is the only departure from a team that made the Sweet 16 to this year's team kind of looking like they may be a bubble team at best this year. Is that a crazy comparison? Why or why not? You know why you're teasing me up for it? Because you know I've been saying this for – I've been screaming it. I really have. I, I, I said this before, and I, I didn't – I said it was similar, and I didn't want to say it so early because it was really early in the season. You're talking it was a second or third game of the year, and I'm like, man, this team is looking like Carolina from a year ago and and it was it's not only just that comparison of it it's the other things that come with it this is a preseason fourth ranked team and so the pressure and the expectations just mount on you so much and to your point tonight like this team that was a game you would have thought michigan state and the conference wins are hard to come by no matter where you, you you play it but you would expect them to go into nebraska and get that win tonight and not fall zero and two in the big 10 and they just it, it wasn't offensive tonight they scored the, defensively it seems like they couldn't get stops and and that just it just feels like this is a team with a tremendous amount of pressure on them like we said before i said it you know way back when and i'll say it again they just this team reminds me of unc a year ago and the people will fire at me and be like oh i trust in tom Izzo. i trust there isn't but so much he can do he can't shoot and get stops and rebound and do it all his damn self we know you know he's my oh he's my favorite coach in the business I'm a big Tom Izzo fan, but this team just reminds me of Carolina for a year ago. You stated that. I, I mentioned that before with Hauser and, and Manning. Because, and people don't realize how important that is because when you ran ball screens with those guys, because of their ability to make shots, you had to switch. So now it forced me to it, – it allowed me to get downhill and break you down. So what, we were dictating matchups, and I know I can put your four-man in a ball screen knowing you're going to switch and made everything easier, easier for dump off for the bigs or easier to finish or easier to kick out. There's just something missing here with this group. Um, I, I, I would be concerned because they're losing in different ways. And tonight they couldn't get stops when they needed. Yeah. So those that know me know that uh, it doesn't take much for me to panic about Michigan State. But, uh, <laughs> gentlemen, if you would so let me go here, I'd like to. The, the scariest Please. part of this for Michigan State should be this. They finally got good offensive games from Malik Hall, A.J. Hogarth, and Jaden Akins at the same time. That happened tonight. Now, Tyson Walker had his first bad game of the season. But those are the three guys you've been begging to play better for the entire month of this year. And now it happens, and you still lose by seven to a Nebraska team that, you know, they shot the ball well tonight. You couldn't get a stop when you needed it. But the, the whole reason to me why you struggled so much tonight was the five spot. They don't have a center on this roster. You've got Madi Sissoko. You've got Carson Cooper. Those two guys tonight combined for two points and three rebounds. Rank Mast had eight points, 14 rebounds, and six assists. That's not even talking about Jawan Gary, his front court mate, who had 20 points of himself tonight. So I don't know what you do when you're a team that lacks shooting and lacks the answers in the front court. This will be the most difficult job of Tom Izzo's entire career 
getting this team to the NCAA tournament. And I don't think that's hyperbole at this point because we are getting late into the season very, very quickly. And the results here have not changed. Uh, guys, I want to talk about the other team in my state. That's the Wolverines on the road tonight against Iowa. They threw their best punch against the Hawkeyes. You could certainly say that. Uh, all starters finished in double figures. Iowa, some issues. Fran McCaffrey thrown out of this game. Uh, a lot of the same issues that have played Iowa, but they're lacking the NBA talent they've had in the last few years, RC. Yeah, they, they don't have – they've lost – you know, they lost the Twins, and they're not scoring as much. I mean, let's just call it what it is. They've never been known for the defense, and now they don't have the offensive output that they've had in, in years past. and. It's frustrating. I mean, it's just super frustrating. And that's what you get in two teams now. A year ago, neither one of these teams we think would be in this in this situation. But what happens when both teams, they've lost NBA guys. And they just hadn't been able to replace those guys yet. So um, I think Michigan has a better chance of, of, of responding this year than, than Iowa does. I just don't think Iowa can get enough stops. Uh, I, I think their, their season is going to depend on how well they make shots. And today they struggled. I mean, they, they started with one of 15 from behind the line. Uh, and for an Iowa team that prides himself and plays that way, and they'll shoot the ball better. They're capable of pulling off some upsets, and they will win some games in the Big Ten. But when you're relying upon a three-point shot, you're going to die from it. That's what they're doing. And, again, they're going to have to figure out different ways to try to get stops. Couldn't keep Michigan guards out of the lane when, it, when, when the second half, when it mattered, and Michigan took control of the game. Jarrell, what would you see? Yeah, I think I think it was the same. It's uh, I saw a sense of urgency tonight from Michigan. Uh, they kind of went in there, and, and it looked like everybody had that look in their eyes that it was a game that they uh, they sort of needed to win. Obviously, it's a little too early to be talking about must wins, but I think they wanted to get things started off right with a, a road win over Iowa. So I think this will go a long way for them. Uh, I do think Michigan is still probably going to be in the upper the upper half of the Big Ten, and they'll get they'll get the opportunity to get some quality wins as the year goes on as well. And uh, and even the night when they had uh, you know Doug McDaniel got off, got off to a slow start, uh, he did a good job of just controlling the game and not pressing too much. Uh, him and Burnett were really good, and then uh, Reed was really big for them as well too. He so he had a, a huge game, and then just going off of that, I I, I don't see a whole lot from Iowa this year either. Um, it's, uh, it's like pulling teeth, trying to get a basket for them at times. And obviously, they've lost a lot of talent. But, uh, you know, that's the difference that having pros on your roster will make, man, in the college game. So things are going to be tough. And I think they got some more tough, tough sled in the head. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned Doug McDaniel because he had zero points and zero assists in the first half of this game. Somehow, miraculously, Michigan was leading at halftime, given that performance. And uh, all he did was respond from there. I thought he was spectacular in the second half. He had nine points and six assists in the first eight minutes of the second half. Really took the game over. And from there, uh, they kind of ran away with the game. And Jarrell, we would be remiss not to mention our own Stu Douglas here at the Field of 68 uh, does want you to know, tell, tell Jarrell he can't guard me. Your thoughts? I'll still tell, I'll tell Stu I still have uh, I still have sweet dreams of uh, kicking Stu's ass in practice and in some league games from our, our Israeli days. But, no, Stewart is my guy. Uh, and uh, I, got a year, I got a chance to play with him for a year, man. One of the best dudes, fun guy, and obviously uh, a, a big a big blue guy. So he's a Michigan man, but uh, he ain't got a whole lot to cheer about right now. So fuck out of here, Stu. I can still guard you. I can't play. I might not be able to score, but I can still guard you, Stu. <laughs> oh, 
let's set it up. Let's set it up right now. We'll get the court space at the final four, gentlemen. We'll lock this in. Uh, all right, we're going to go back to break here. Coming up, we're going to do an entire weekend recap. I've got a bunch of teams I want to drill these guys on. That's next on the Field of 68 After Dark. I know it's early, but it's never too early to fire off a hot take. And this is where I have to mention Vaulted. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. That is V-L-T-E-D, Vaulted. The thing you're going to like about it, it's got a challenge feature so you can prove that you are smarter than your friends. Download the app, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools today. Here is my challenge, Mac. Here is my prediction. Clemson's going to win the ACC this year. Clemson's the best team in the ACC, and they are going to take home an ACC regular season title when things are all said and done. Is that crazy? No, that's not crazy at all. Not, not one bit. In fact, I don't want to say they're the favorite, but I think if you were a betting man based on who they've played and how they've played, uh, I don't think it's crazy. When those students get back from Christmas break and the ACC starts really getting rolling, it's going to be hard to win at Clemson. And those guys are built to, to win on the road. I love Brad's teams in terms of their toughness in the half court defensively. Um, I don't think it's crazy at all. I think Clemson's a quality team. Challenge accepted. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back on the field of 68 after dark. It is great to be joined by two of the best in the business. That would be Jarrell McNeil. That would be Randolph Childress. My name is Greg Waddell. Uh, before break, guys, we were doing a Big Ten roundup. I got two more teams I want to ask you about. They both were in action yesterday. They both lost yesterday. Wisconsin on the road against Arizona. 
ran out of the building against arguably the best team in the sport. Illinois on the road against Tennessee looked very good for much of that game. Ultimately, Tennessee and arguably the best defense in the sport proved to be too much for the Illini. Was your confidence shaken in either of these teams, Jarrell? And if so, who are you more worried about? Um, no, to be honest, my confidence had, wasn't too shaken. If anything, I'll say I'm definitely probably more worried about right now uh, about Illinois. Um, I, and it's primarily just, you know, at times they they struggle offensively, man. And uh, and I and I get scared because I feel like if I feel like if Terrence Shedden doesn't go for 25, there's no way they can win, if that makes sense. Uh, it's, it's, they, they don't they don't have a ton of a, a ton of answers everywhere else and uh, obviously they're still kind of on the hinge of figuring out the way that they're gonna play exactly and uh you know who's gonna be the point guard I'm still I'm still not sure that they've answered that question yet uh, even though we had everything going trending towards Ty Rogers uh, but you know it just, it just doesn't seem like everything is working as smoothly as, as they anticipated it would uh Wisconsin lost to Arguably the best team in the country in a, in a road game, so uh, I'm not too worried about them. Uh, after after they kind of uh, put a beating on Marquette the other day and got another win, uh, I, I, I was impressed with Wisconsin. I think right now these are the next two best teams in the Big Ten outside of Purdue, though, for sure. But I'm a little bit more concerned about Illinois and just the way that they're going to do things and produce offensively right now than Wisconsin. RC? Yeah, I, I, I'm not – I don't want to overreact to either loss. They lost to two damn good teams, losing at Tennessee and at Arizona. There's a lot of teams that's going to do that this year. Matter of fact, I don't know how many teams will win at Arizona or at Tennessee all year long. So there's no reason and no shame in that. I, you know, like Jarrell said, I, I have some concerns at some point with um, Illinois kind of scoring a little bit at times, but but no, I think they'll figure it out. They're tough enough. You got a guy like Shannon. When you got a you know guy like that, you got a chance. Uh, Wisconsin has their style of play. They're going to be there. They've got really good wins at Marquette and Virginia and Michigan State already. So they're a proven team in my book. So I, I got, I'm not concerned about it. Having no shame in that game. Now, the, the, how bad the loss was is tough, you know, but losing on the road like that at a pace plate like that, you can't be upset. I mean, Wisconsin's got some damn good wins this year. Yeah, it feels to me like both of these are a good measuring point for where these teams really are against the best of the best in the country. But with that said, they're not games you should panic that they lost, even in the fashion that they lost. Uh, both yeah. of these places, incredibly tough places to play. Uh, Arizona's trying to claim the number one spot in college basketball and hold on to that title. And Tennessee was pissed off. They haven't beaten any good teams in a while. They needed a resume win. So uh, to me, I was more impressed with Arizona and Tennessee than I was worried about Illinois or Wisconsin. Uh, speaking of Arizona, they're going to play the Big Ten team in the Big Ten. That would be the Purdue Boilermakers RT. I can hear you're getting excited about that. What's your preview of this game? I, I can't wait to see it because I think it's I, I think it's Arizona, Purdue, Marquette, and I'd say maybe Kansas, and it's everyone else in a sense of they're a, they're a level above everyone else to me right now, early part of the year. They just seem to have a different gear playing at a different level. So to see two of those teams play at this level, I love the matchup. Um, 
I'm excited about it. I, I just think it's two of the best teams, if not the – I think it's the two best teams in the land right now. I think Marquette has had a hell of a schedule and has has taken on all, all comers. They ain't ducking. No smoke. Um, I'd like to see Kansas and Purdue play just for the matchup with the bigs. But uh, the only thing that I don't like about the matchup, that if Purdue wins, I think player of the year and defensive player of the year award will be locked up. I think it's Zach Eady and it's over. I, I think that's it. I think if they if Purdue wins this game, the resume that they have already, then it takes all the excitement out about postseason awards because I think defensively he deserves it because he, he dominates the game. He affects it on the defensive end of the floor. I think he gets that anyway, and I think he's going to be a two-time uh, college player of the year and, and put himself in a league company. Ah, who wins this game? Wow, man, that's uh, a tough one. <laughs> you, <laughs> he got you going with that one. You go ahead and take that one, Jerry. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out on the limb, and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Purdue wins. I'm gonna say Purdue wins, even though I'll be interested just to see. Um, I'll see. I'll be interested to see the matchup. Obviously, it's going to be another uh, high-level game, and uh, the more of these we can get early on in the season, the better. Uh, but it should be an intriguing matchup. I think one uh, Arizona might be one of the one of the few teams that can kind of have uh, enough bodies to throw at uh, Edie a little bit, and, and maybe and maybe try to play it safe, uh, straight up a little bit more and limit some of those other guys from killing you. But uh, I guess we'll see how it goes and what their game plan will be. But it'll be an interesting matchup. I'm taking uh, – I'll take I'll take Purdue. I'm going to take Purdue by two and a half, minus two and a half. Uh, you, 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 you're talking half points to me. You're speaking my language, Jarrell, okay? Uh, RC, just to be clear, okay, uh, did I throw Jarrell under the bus a little bit there? Yes. Are there some people who are, are maybe afraid of taking a shot? Yeah, some people might be a little afraid of taking their shot. Jarrell McNeil does not cower when he needs to take a shot, okay? I know that. That's called being a good point guard, no, good fortune. No okay? conscience. No conscience, yeah. baby. Of course not. Of Can't course make not. if you don't shoot. Can't make if you don't shoot. What? Amen to that. <laughs> and uh, for the record, I like the prediction as well. Let's not forget this Purdue team has won 33 consecutive regular season non-conference games. And they ain't playing nobody's, gentlemen. They've got quite a resume of big-name programs they've beaten before March. They just got to change it after March when right. we get to that point. Right. So we'll I, see. I'll I tell you what. the Arizona brings everything that you can think that would bother Purdue. From big physical guards, depth and bodies inside to throw a Zach Eady. So uh I'd be shocked if Arizona isn't favored, to be quite honest. I just think their physical physicalness of their team, their backcourt, their guards, they got enough size and athleticism to really give uh Purdue guards some problems and enough bodies to throw inside to Zach Eady. But like I said, if Purdue pulls this out, then all the conversations about player of the year and all that stuff is just over with the resume Purdue had and Zach Eady had. Just chalk it up. Give You can send him the award uh, uh, the, the next night, the night after the game or the next day. Just mail it to his house. I'm game for that. I think he deserves it. And uh, maybe they'll build him that statue they didn't build Robbie Hummel. Maybe that'll happen for Zach Eady in West Lafayette. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying. Uh, hey, we uh, we didn't talk about this game last night on After Dark. It happened late. That's the only reason why Washington got the home upset over Gonzaga. 
the more that I think about this game, the less I feel like it's truly an upset. I know Gonzaga is a better team, but th this was just a good win by a team I think a lot of people are sleeping on at home. That's my take on Washington right now, Jarrell. What'd you make of this game for the Huskies? No, I think I think the same. I think uh, I think Washington might be a little bit better than uh, anybody anticipated. Maybe a little bit of an early arrival, but uh, you know they play they played uh, Gonzaga tough. And obviously, uh, Gonzaga didn't shoot it great. Uh, it was, like you said, a tough environment to go into, and they seemed like they were kind of primed for this game. But it was a, it was a huge win from Washington, and uh, obviously, Gonzaga's going to need to bounce back and, uh, and try to, try to uh, stack a couple together after this. RC? Uh, uh, I, think, I think Washington is better than people are expecting or thought they would be. Um, but it's still an upset, I think, Gonzaga. I, I still would have favored Gonzaga. I think their resume and what they've done early this year. I, I, I if I had to, if I bet on the game, I would have bet Gonzaga was winning the game. But uh, credit to Wisconsin, I mean, you know, the Huskies, they got some guys. And and Severe Willer, as much as we talk about, you know, he took so much heat. He reminds you of Caleb Love. He took so much heat for Kentucky struggling. And so it's good for him to find him some place where he can be successful, where he can dominate the ball and make plays, and and he's doing so. He's experienced PG that that knows how to win, and those dudes are tough, man. I mean, they got experienced group. They're an older group. They closed that game. I mean, let's let's they they defensively they stepped up and closed the damn game. I mean, that wasn't a Gonzaga just missed shots. No, the Huskies stepped up, took over the game, forced turnovers, and won the damn game. Yeah, 100%. They came up clutch late, and uh, I, I liked your point about Severe and the comparison to Caleb Love. I think on paper, this Washington team has gotten a bad rap, man, both Severe and Paul Mulcahy, two guys that hit the portal that people kind of just wrote off, put a lot of toxic negative correlation to those names, and here they are playing really well alongside Keon Brooks, another transfer for a team that right. uh, has really performed in some big games this season. So I am impressed with the Huskies. Uh, one final question I want to give you guys. We had a couple undefeateds go down last night. We had Colorado State go down to St. Mary's. We had BYU lose to Utah on the road. Which of those two are you most concerned with, RC? Uh, neither. I think Colorado State and BYU will be there in March. And I'm not saying they're going to go to Phoenix, but they'll, they're, they're tournament teams. They'll be there. They're good teams. I don't worry about them. They'll be right at the top of their leagues all year long. Uh, I, I think it's more about St. Mary's. That, that was a season-saving win for those guys. For preseason top 25 team, um, they were struggling to close games. And they, you know, and, and they, they could ill afford to go – four and six to start or anything like that so i thought they played like their season was on the line that's a hell of a win by those guys to kind of get back and let's see what they get in the conference play kind of get their season going but they've struggled here mightily early and and be quite honest they were one of the more disappointing teams to start the college basketball season for some of us here someone picked them to be a final four team i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything I'm not going to put that kind of pressure on them, but they, they stumbled out the gate and credit to those guys. They manned up and got it done. Jarrell, what's your answer? No, same here. Uh, I think I think both of those teams would be fine. BYU and Colorado State would be fine, but it was definitely uh, definitely a huge season, kind of season save and win for St. Mary's. They still have a post. They still got life, and, uh, and you know, they, they did it all actually with, uh, you know, Aiden Mahaney not playing great. 
But I think they got back a little bit to who they were and uh, just buying in and doing what they needed to do defensively because they did a good job on uh, Isaiah Stevens and those guys at Colorado State. And then uh, Utah had this capability. I kind of knew that too uh, with uh, Brandon Carlson and uh, and uh, Gabe Matson. Uh, they got guys that can stretch the floor and get hot in a hurry. They played uh, they played Houston tough earlier in the year, so I got a chance to see those guys. But uh, two good two good quality wins for the uh, for the unranked teams, but uh, not too surprising. And I think team both teams that lost will still be fine. Yeah, Colorado State's got to get healthy. That's my takeaway. I mean, I, Isaiah Stevens, great player, but they're missing two of their top six right now. That's got to change. Crucial win for St. Mary's, desperate team. Uh, and, and like you said, Utah's got some shooters, man. That's a dangerous team. If somebody catches them in March with the wrong seed line, that's a team I would circle. Like, this is not the one I want to get in my draw. So uh, impressive stuff from both of those two teams. All right, boys, we are going to end the show with our final segment. After this break, we're going to do some Sunday superlatives from the week that was in college basketball. That is next on the Field of 68 After Dark. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you the listeners, and the viewers on the field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game you will receive up to fifteen hundred dollars in bonus bets if that bet loses just make sure you use the bonus code field 1500 when you sign up and remember bet mgm is now available under one wallet in select states as a new jersey resident this is super convenient for me when i have to go cover games in new york or philly when cross the state borders just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to and most importantly I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. All right, it's the fourth quarter here on the field of 68 After Dark. Throw your fours up, people at home. We got Randolph Childress. We got Jarrell McNeil. My name is Greg Waddell. We're doing Sunday superlatives. I got four categories here. From the week that was in college basketball, very quick, rapid-fire style. I want you guys to give me your answers as we go one by one through these categories. We will start with RC, then we'll go to Jarrell, then we'll go back to me for all four of these. So, RC, hit lead off for us here. The first category, the craziest game you saw this week. Wow. Uh, I'm Just for sake, I'm going to go today with the uh... – St. Joe and Princeton game, and not because it was just this unbelievable game, because I don't think anyone expected either one of these teams to be as good as they are. And I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. Princeton, you thought, even within their style of play, they 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 don't, you know, you're thinking it's a traditional just Princeton away, over, all that stuff. They actually got guys that's ISO in your ass going at you. So uh, St. Joe's in that backcourt, I think they got a high major guard backcourt that you don't want to play comp, you know, with Reynolds and Lynn, you know, Lynn Greer. I, I think those two guys are high major guards that that they're going to give a lot of people trouble in the eighteen. So those are two teams I think that people aren't thinking, talking about, have hell of a starts, and I think they'll have hell of a year. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely got to be. I got to go with Purdue, Alabama, uh, just just off of, um, a, a viewing a viewing aesthetic purposes. It was a, it was just it was a fun game to watch. Uh, it was fast paced for the most part. It was a ton of points scored. Uh, obviously, uh, Sears went crazy. Uh, Edie was back home. Uh, got a chance to play up in Toronto. He went crazy, and they couldn't do anything with him. Uh, Purdue got down a little bit, battled back, took control. Just a good game all the way through. Uh, really fun to watch, up and down, good pace, uh, great offense, and two really good teams. Uh, Jarrell scooped mine. I have a feeling this might be a trend, to be <laughs> honest with you. But I, uh, I, what I liked about Purdue, Alabama, was I think in a 40-minute game, we got to see the best and the worst of both teams. We saw the tantalizing potential of Alabama's offense. And then we saw them not be able to stop a soul defensively and blow that lead. We saw Purdue struggle with the perimeter quickness, the athleticism. And then we saw them come back behind Braden Smith and Zach Eady, who looked like two superstars for the Boilermakers. Uh, to me, it, it was fascinating to watch it play out and ultimately Purdue prevail, but it gave both programs a lot to be excited about when we get to March this season. Category number two, the most shocking result that you saw this week. We'll go back to RC for his answer. Uh, I, I would say the ass kicking that Auburn gave to Indiana. You know, Indiana had gotten off to a to a, a good start in the Big Ten 2-0 and had a couple of wins there, and I, I didn't see a 30-point game. You know, I thought the game would be a hell of a lot more competitive than it was. So considering in a way, like I said, Indiana has started in the Big Ten, uh, getting a couple wins, be it, you know, one of them was Maryland. I know they struggled, and the other was Michigan State. And, and you, can, you can kind of question that if you want. But, again, conference wins are conference wins. And, um, hell, just I, I didn't see a 30-point loss. I, I thought Auburn was an up-and-coming team, but I didn't see that. That was, a, that was an ass-kicking. Terrell? I agree. That's a good one, too. Uh, d didn't seem like that game would go that way after the first five or six minutes either. Uh, Indiana got off to a hot start. But uh, I would say I would probably go uh, Washington over the Zags. I would say that was probably the most shocking one. Uh, in this, like we said earlier, not that big of a shock, but uh, just seeing that, seeing Washington to be able to kind of put it all together and close that game out at home was uh, it was kind of a fun sight to see. So I think that was probably the most shocking one of the week for me. It's a good one too. I'm gonna cheat this question, guys, and I'm gonna reward the entire week of mediocrity that was the Michigan State Spartans week. Zero and two. I am, uh, I am shocked that a Tom Izzo team that has started as poorly as they have did not pick up a win with a home game against Wisconsin and a road game at Nebraska. They, at minimum, had to split those. They didn't. Uh, now they've got Baylor in Detroit next week. Uh, I, I mean, call that a must-win game. It's, it's December. I get it. But, like, you can't fall to four and six without a win against anybody with a pulse if you are the Spartans. Next category here, we're going to go most impressive performance you saw this week. RC, who you got? Wow. Um, 
I'll go quick. I got two teams, not even a performance. I got Clemson because they went they went three and zero, got an ACC road win, and beat two undefeated teams. I think that's impressive. You can question the quality of opponents if you want, and I think Oklahoma getting a Providence win and, a, and an Arkansas win, uh, two teams that are just playing at a high level here to start. So I'll, I'll, I'd say their performances for the week, not necessarily one game. I like that, Jarrell. Easy one for me. Uh, I'm going to take it about 90 miles north and, and say the Marquette Golden Eagles. Uh, the same way uh, RC just had a really great week. Uh, we choked, choked Texas out by 20 pretty handily at home, then bounced back with that and just uh, and just, just beat beat uh, beat Notre Dame in the fighting Irish into submission. Uh, I had to turn that one off. They could have had a mercy rule. Before I looked up, it was 15-0. Uh, seven eight minutes into the game, so uh, I thought it was going to be a little bit more competitive than that. But uh, two really really good wins for Marquette, especially after the loss to uh, to Wisconsin on the road. Uh, protect home court, and they looking as good as ever. I said I'd be aligned with Jarrell. I'm I'm going to twist this slightly. <laughs> My most impressive performance of the week goes to Tyler Cullen because what I saw from him against Texas was the best point guard in the country. And I have been a guy who has been critical of Tyler Kolick at times when he gets that type of praise accolade-wise from national media. Uh, in this game, he went toe-to-toe with Max Asmus. I thought he went toe-to-toe with the best of Max Asmus. He hit those three threes early in this game and looked like he was ready right to throw away, haymakers. Yep. And, and all that Tyler Kolick did was just control and dominate the game. From that point on, he finishes with 28 points, eight rebounds, six assists, 11 for 16 from the floor. That was the best point guard in the country. That was the most impressive performance that I saw this week. On the flip side, the most disappointing performance that you saw this week. RC, who you got? I got to go with your Sparties, man. Michigan State. Mm -hmm. I mean, you talked about him just for that. I, 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 the number four ranked team. Um, you got to be concerned. And I know Izzo's going to be real positive with those guys because they're getting crushed enough. That's what makes this so difficult. I mean, the, the, it's not just, you know, it's one thing they didn't make shots. Today, they didn't get stops when they needed. They had enough offense. They just didn't get enough stops. Like, what is it What is going to be next? I mean, the expectations, again, fourth-ranked team in the country. We've seen this movie before, and I've seen nothing that tells me it's going to be any different than what we saw a year ago. Nothing. Jarrell. Yeah, I was going to say the uh, I'm I'm going with uh with Indiana. Uh I know I know RC mentioned them earlier, but uh it was definitely easily the most disappointing performance for me. Uh I was I was right on the cuffs of saying uh maybe maybe the Hoosiers not as bad as everybody kind of making them out to be if they can put a couple <laughs> more wins together and play Auburn and get Auburn, but yeah, after that, man, especially after getting off to that early start. Uh, the wheels came off just so fast, man, and guys start getting away from who they are and what they do. Uh, they froze Khalil Ware out for a minute, and he's just been – he's kind of been the centerpiece and uh, the stability for him throughout the course of the year so far. But uh, it was definitely a disappointing performance. I thought it was going to be a little bit more fight from the Hoosiers. But, yeah, they got slapped around a little bit by Auburn. Two good picks, gentlemen. Two picks I can't help but notice come from the Tiny Ten Conference. Let's make it a clean sweep. I, uh, I I feel like I'm sitting here at my – I know I'm not a big-time athlete like you two. I didn't get to have my commitment date, my announcement, gentlemen. If you would so please allow me to indulge for a moment. 
I'd like to commit to the Iowa Hawkeyes as my most disappointing <laughs> performance this week. This is what happened with Iowa this week. They had a rivalry game against Iowa State in which they got absolutely ran off the court. 90-65 to 65 was the score in that game. That's an Iowa State team that, quite frankly, I don't think is that good. I don't think they're that explosive offensively to give up 90 points to and just never be competitive in. Crazy. Then they return home this weekend against a Michigan program that has a little turmoil going on right now, gentlemen. It's been a rough couple of weeks for the Michigan Wolverines. I mean, they, they lost. They were down 20 in the second half. I don't know what you do if you're Fran McCaffrey other than get thrown out of the game, which he did tonight. But uh, it's rough stuff. And that's a sweep for my conference. It's sad times. It's bad times in the Tiny Ten. And I'm here to take it on the chin all year long here on the Field of 68 After Dark, gentlemen. Uh, let's end this show with our toast of the night, which is timely because I need a drink. RC, who are we toasting to? <laughs> All right, I'll start this off, man. I'm going to toast to Bronny. I mean, how could you not be happy for that young, you know, that young man getting back out there after what he's had to deal with, being able to do that in front of his father, his sister, his, his, his grandmother. Um, hell of a day for him. I know the outcome wasn't what he wanted, but who gives a damn? I mean, just great to see him out there with a smile on his face, and, and I think he'll be a big addition that USC needs. He'll give them a spark. So to, to Bronny James. It's a good one. Cheers to Bronny. Jarrell, who you got? Uh, I think, obviously, is I think that's kind of a unanimous one. Uh, obviously, just super happy to see Bronny back and get opportunity to watch LeBron and uh, his family enjoy and kind of the roles flipped and them watching him. But I'm going to go something different here, and I'll go from the game tonight. Uh, I'm going to go with the big fella from Nebraska, Mast. I thought he, uh, I thought he played some pivotal – a pivotal role in that win tonight for Nebraska. He was big down the stretch. Uh, he dominated the glass kind of on both ends, and he's able to get a couple tough shots to go in. I think he dished out like six assists for the game. So that's my toast of the night and, and a win over the Spartans. Cheers. Rank Mast. Yeah, great performance from him tonight. He was incredible. Uh, all right, I'm going to go to Penny Hardaway. I think Penny arguably had the best week of any person in college basketball this week. Uh, two road wins for Memphis coming off of two consecutive losses. And it, look, these are resume wins. I mean, you get a win over VCU, who's a top 100 team on Kempom right now, and then you go to a, a top 25 team in the country in Texas A&M, you walk away 2-0 and at the end of the week, even though you're missing a couple key parts. Like, that's, that's just impressive as hell for me, man. And I know there's been a lot of dialogues on Penny and who he is as a coach and how he does things. It's just really, really good to see him with a competitive team that is playing well to start the season. I'm happy for him uh, to Penny Hardaway. Cheers. Penny. All right, boys, this was a fantastic show. I had a blast with you. Make sure you tune in to the Field of 68 After Dark all week. We've got another big week coming up, big games every single night uh, upcoming on this week on After Dark. We've got Randolph Childress here tonight. We had Jarrell McNeil here tonight. I am Greg Waddell for these two. It was a pleasure wrapping up this week with you, and we'll see you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.